You are listening to the Balkan Bread Podcast. This is a podcast created to connect diaspora worldwide by sharing each other's stories. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Balkan Bread podcast. My name's Amina, and thank you guys so much for being here. So for today's episode, as you can see by the title, I'm going to be talking about some of the biggest mistakes that I've made as an entrepreneur. So if it's your first time listening, as I said earlier, hello, my name is Amina. I started this brand over two years ago now. And yeah, it's been such a huge journey. Um, It's been super exciting. I've met a lot of cool people and I've gotten to hear some really amazing stories. So my hope is that by listening to this episode, you will kind of get some inspiration and some advice if you're thinking about starting a business. Maybe you already have a business. And yeah, I hope this is helpful. Um, I'm going to try to kind of stray away from the stereotypical entrepreneur mistakes that I've kind of mentioned before in episodes and just on social media. So things like being afraid of failing and just very basic stuff that I think everyone kind of has to overcome. These are more specific and hopefully this will help whether or not you're in that first beginning stage of just launching your business, let's say the first three months or something, or if you're already like two years down the line. So anyway, I'm going to go ahead and get into The first mistake that I made, which was actually that first year that I was in business. So at the time I had just started, I'll kind of give you guys a little backstory so all of this makes sense. So I had just started Balkan Bread in March of 2018 and we just launched these Bookteba collections. So this was after that. So fall of 2018 and things were going really well. I was super surprised just by the feedback and the response. Everyone in the diaspora was starting to find out about the company. Um, The coordinates collection also came out for the first time. So we had a lot of things going on, which was really awesome. And with a lot going on, I was looking for different ways to expand and just kind of think about what else I could do differently to reach more people. So immediately the first thing that I kind of thought of and that I had researched on and if you look up anything related to e-commerce you are going to stumble upon Facebook advertisements and ad campaigns so it can be a really great strategy for your business but only if you know exactly how to use them and if you have a very clear understanding of your target audience and just where they're located, what their interests are, because all of that kind of plays a role into how you create your advertisement. So I was thinking about it like, okay, maybe I should try to do some paid promotion. And I had learned about this in my marketing classes in college. So I was like, oh yeah, I could do this on my own kind of thing. And then around the same time where I was about to launch my first ad, I had a friend reach out to me and 
she was working at this um, e-commerce marketing agency here in Atlanta at the time. And me and her had been friends just kind of from the beginning of before I'd even started Balkan Bread. Um, she was in one of my entrepreneurship like uh, leadership groups. So that's how I knew her. She presented this opportunity. She was like, only if you're interested, um, you definitely don't have to sign up, but let me know. I can set up a demo for you with someone on our team. So I kind of took a look at their website. I was like, okay, this looks pretty promising and kind of cool. So I had my demo. Um, I talked to one of their um, account managers and everyone was super nice. They told me they had worked with some pretty well-known e-commerce brands, at least ones that I'd heard of, like there's Raw and Rebellious, which is a jewelry company. Um, it's pretty well known here in the South. So I was thinking, okay, you know, this could potentially work. I don't know, but I'm interested. And they were like, okay, well, we can get you signed up. Or actually, why don't you come down to our office? Like, we'd love to meet you. And basically what they were doing is just kind of trying to close the deal, essentially, not even trying, like that's exactly what they were trying to do um, to get me as one of their clients. And so, as I said, everything was going well. The only issue is that it was pretty expensive. Like I had just started my business and I was thinking to myself, is this worth the investment? When you're first starting out, you're kind of told, you know, cut back on costs when you can, but you also need to invest in your business and in yourself. So I'm thinking, okay, will this be a good investment for my business? I think it will. I think I'm going to go ahead and do it. And so that was kind of my thought process, but basically I don't remember the exact amount, but it came out to be around, I think four to $500 a month for Facebook ads and email templates. So Obviously, there's all kinds of different agencies that do similar things to what they were selling me. So kind of take that price with a grain of salt. Um, you can look into other companies, but just starting out as a business owner, that was like totally unrealistic. I don't know what I was thinking. And pretty much what they were selling me, you guys, I could literally have done it all by myself. Um, I hate to say that, but honestly, like I could have done this by myself. So the Facebook ads, you are basically giving the money to put into the ad campaign because we all know that ads aren't free. You do have to pay for them and obviously their labor for putting the ads together. And then the email templates were basically like, okay, you guys, this was literally just a glorified version of MailChimp to me. That's all it looked like. They're like, oh yeah, you can add in your products and we're going to make this header for you. And the header is literally just the logo and like kind of how we have on the website, like home, shop, um, podcast, that type of thing. Anyway, it just was not worth it at all. And the reason I say that is because we set everything up. I was like, okay, let's give this a shot. And after the first month, really, I did not see a lot of activity on any of the ad campaigns that they'd set up. Like I expected it to be, you know, okay, not sales going through the roof, but some kind of activity. And I brought this up to them in one of our meetings and they're like, oh yeah, it's going to take a few months for you to really start seeing results because that first month is like, we're still transferring all the data from your website to this. And 
blah, 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 like all this stuff. And I was like, okay, that's fine. So I kind of gave them the benefit of the doubt. And the second month starts. And so we're almost halfway through and I still wasn't seeing the ROI that I had anticipated. And when you put so much money into it, you know, if you're not seeing the results, then no matter your relationship with that person or like that company, you kind of start to get frustrated and think, okay, is this even worth it? I'm putting all this money into it. Nothing is happening. Um, This is kind of a waste of time and money. So that's exactly what was happening. And I, at the same time, this was all going on. I was just doing my regular routine on Instagram, sharing on stories. As you guys know, I'm very active on that. And I was getting a lot of sales just from organic engagement and interacting with people, not even from those paid ads. Like I did get some sales, but it was not a lot. Like maybe, honestly, you guys, I think I made maybe three or four sales from the ads and that was it. So anyway, take it as you want. I know some people are like, well, yeah, you need to give it time, but they just didn't understand our target audience and things like that. So anyway, I don't want to dwell too much on this company because I think for other people, this could work really well maybe, but I think for our niche audience, it just wasn't, wasn't working at all. So It kind of comes to a point where there's a moment you have to decide for yourself as an entrepreneur, is this giving me the return that I projected for my business? And if the answer is no, don't be afraid to walk away. There's no hard feelings there. It is merely just business and you have to be able to walk away. So that is exactly what I did. And yeah, I'm glad that I tried it, but it just was not for me and not for my business. Okay, so speaking of money, the second mistake I would say that I made is not knowing my value and being afraid of pricing too high. So there's a lot of articles out there talking about, you know, finding worth in your business and also in yourself, especially if you're doing something where it's like you're coaching other people to be better versions of themselves. And while I'm not a coaching business, I think you can still take some of those principles and pretty much put it into whatever kind of industry that you're in. So it's really common when you're first starting out, especially when you have this really big feeling of imposter syndrome, like feeling like, who am I to be doing this? I'm not worthy of, you know, being a business owner or just these really bad beliefs that kind of get in our brain. So when that happens, you start to devalue what you're doing and your product and everything. So then you're kind of setting yourself up for failure essentially because you're already in that negative mind space. And so going along with pricing, it really depends on what industry you're in, what product or service you're providing to people. So definitely take all of this and apply it in whichever way that you can. But in general, if you set too low of a profit margin, then you're pretty much just setting yourself up to fail because your business isn't getting that ROI. And then if you don't have that ROI, how are you going to keep operating? And how are you going to eventually pay yourself? So just some things to think about. A lot of times people aren't going to think about that or see it unless they've owned a business themselves or they support local a lot of the time because 
you're just going to see those people are just going to see that sticker price on your item, right? But there's a lot that goes into that price. So the reason too that's good not to set too low of a price is because if you're having a sale, your margins per item are already going to be lower or even if you're having like a discount code or something, let's say. So if you price way too low to start out with, then you're going to be taking even less home with you. Or, you know, you might not even be breaking even. You might be losing money, which you definitely don't want to lose money. So just something to think about. And if you do feel kind of bad or anxious or just like, I just don't know what to price my service, then I think go back, do some research, ask around, network with people who are doing similar things, and then you'll be much you'll be way better off when it comes to deciding how to price your service or your products. Another thing that you can do is look for different ways to offset your costs. So maybe there's a way to cut down on your production or your operating costs. And if you're able to do that, then you might be able to lower the price a little bit for your customers. So just something to think about. But all in all, know the value of what you're selling and think about your competitive advantage. You know, what sets you apart from the competition and why are people coming to you to buy? Because ultimately, that's what you need to know and that's what you need to do to succeed. Okay, the next mistake (laughs) that I made, and I feel like this is always going to pop up for me because I am just so bad at doing this, but maybe it's good that I publish this episode (laughs) a little bit later because it kind of speaks to this point a little bit. Um, So the third mistake that I made is not knowing when to give myself a break or just take time off, to be quite frank. So When you start doing your business and you're doing something that you are so passionate about, it doesn't feel like work all of the time. Of course, there are always going to be things that are kind of administrative or they're just work. You know, there's certain elements of a business that allow you to be really creative and have a lot of fun. And then there's elements like, For me, it would be the technological elements that aren't so fun and that you kind of have to spend time working on figuring out. So anyway, what I'm trying to say is for the most part, you enjoy doing it a lot. And so sometimes it doesn't feel like work. Like a lot of times I would find myself just sitting on the couch when I'm supposed to be, you know, just watching a movie or something and I have my computer and I'm still working, literally still working because Either it's something I didn't get done that day or I'm like, oh, I have to do this custom order request or I have to add this item or else my business is going to fail. And so one thing that I've started doing is just really prioritizing what I need to get done every single day and also remembering that we're not made to live a life that is full of work 24 seven. So even if you have a great work ethic and you love what you do, you will reach a point of burnout. And that's when you need to take a break and you need to step away from your work, which I think for me was the hardest thing because 
people would say it all the time. And I would just think to myself, oh yeah, yeah, I can take a break. Like I know how to do that. And then it comes to the point where I need to take a break and I'm like, oh my God, I feel so guilty. I need to be working on my business. And that would happen constantly. And I wouldn't know how to explain that to someone. Or even if I did explain it, they just wouldn't get it. Obviously, if they don't have their own business, they just, they're never going to get it. Um, And so for me, that's always been kind of a struggle. And lately I've really tried to tell myself like, it's okay. Don't forget to take time for yourself and just take a break. Like seriously, just take a break. I don't know. This probably sounds so like so stupid, but it's so important because if you're constantly working, then you're just, you know, you just, you just need time for yourself. So, um, and this kind of goes into being present and being in the moment with everything that you do. So whatever you're doing in that moment, that should be the sole most important thing that you're working on. You know, you shouldn't, your mind shouldn't be wandering constantly to other places. And the same goes if you are taking a break and relaxing, hanging out with your family and friends, you know, allow yourself to be in that moment. Like don't be on your phone all the time um, because those are the moments that really do matter. And then you'll kind of understand that who you're with, that's the number one priority in your life. And then business is after that, um, which can be difficult, but it is the truth. And I think if you're really working towards a goal and you're passionate about it, you should be able to take some time for yourself and not feel guilty about it. The next mistake is that I believed that having a huge social media following would automatically equal sales. And I mean, can you really blame me? I feel like a lot of people think this when it comes to social media. Oh, this person has over, you know, 50,000 followers um, and they have this business, like they must be making a lot of sales. And while a lot of times that can be the case, it isn't always the case. And I think it's a huge myth that people believe, you know, I have to have XYZ amount of followers to make this much money in my business. And one thing I have noticed is that even though we aren't one of those brands with millions of followers, you know, I'm not Amazon or Adidas or Nike. I'm not any of those brands. I don't have millions of followers and that's completely okay. The reason I say that is because a trend I've noticed and just from working in social media marketing, a lot of times what brands will try to do is collaborate with micro-influencers and micro-influencer, there's all kinds of definitions out there. I'm just going to say for this episode that it's anyone with, let's say, less than 10,000 followers. And so the reason being a lot of brands want to collaborate with these micro-influencers is because they tend to have higher rates of engagement versus someone like, let's say, I don't know, Kylie Jenner, obviously, millions of followers, and I guess she might have high engagement. Maybe that's a bad example, but... Some people might have a ton of followers, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they're getting, you know, X amount of likes on their photos. They're not getting all those comments, all those people interacting with their account. And so 
that's why a lot of brands tend to use like micro influencers. And I think the same thing can be said for any brand that has a smaller following because you will see if you look at your analytics, you will definitely see if you're obviously, you know, working on your business and interacting with people on your account that your engagement levels should be pretty high. And so I think just wrapping all of this together, if you have higher engagement, if you are providing value to people and building those relationships, you will make sales. Like there is no, you know, gray area in that fact. Um, I think to be an entrepreneur, you have to know how to market your product business yourself and you have to know how to make sales and those kind of go hand in hand. So yeah, obviously there's other things that go into that formula, but that's the main thing. So just know that if you are starting out, you don't need to have this like boatload of followers to begin with. And this is something I was talking about with a friend because we noticed we were just talking about this one account and the account has like a decent amount of followers. I think they had over 14K or something, but the pictures were only getting like 50 likes, which is kind of odd. You know, you would think if you have, you know, like over 14K that you would get maybe like, I don't know, at least 100 likes on a picture. I'm not trying to put everything in numbers here, but just kind of generalizing it. So anyway, don't think you have to have huge following to make those sales. It's really just about getting your account seen by more people. And as it's getting seen by more people, you're interacting and you're engaging with all those people. So I hope that made sense, but yeah, you don't need to have a ton of followers. I'm just going to say you really don't. It's great if you do, but you don't need a ton to be successful and make sales with your business. So uh, while we're on the topic of social media and technology, the fifth mistake that I definitely made in the beginning was not capitalizing on our email list. So If you are trying to get into, I always use coaching as an example, just because it's a business that I did a lot of research on before for my entrepreneurship class, because that was originally the business model that I was going for. And so from that research, one thing that they talked about a ton, like you can go on Pinterest and find boatloads of articles about this and that one thing that they talked about was email lists and the importance of growing your email list, your bank, all of those different people. And it is extremely important because let's just say that social media vanished, which, okay, probably isn't going to happen, but let's just say that something went away. Instagram went down for a day or a week or who knows how long. If all of that went away, what would you be left with, like in terms of marketing? You know, what would you have? If it were gone, at least you would have that email list, right? You could at least email people about what sales you're having, um, what new products you're releasing, all that kind of stuff. So that's the reason why I say that building an email list is super critical and important because it allows you to continue to nurture that relationship with your customers. So there are actually a ton of different email marketing platforms that you can use to work your customers through that sales funnel. But one thing I would recommend doing is setting up a welcome email sequence. So this is just a way to 
have your customers kind of get to know you and your story, um, sharing all those different pieces is really important. And then offering, you know, some kind of incentive, like, you know, most websites have the little pop-up. I know we have it on our website where you enter your email, you get a discount code, which that's kind of one way to get emails is having that pop-up. Just offering some kind of incentive is a really easy way to get people on your list because I know we get thousands of emails every single day. I have a junk email that I probably made in high school and used throughout college just for like shopping and it is a disaster. But if you're providing value in your emails and you're kind of structuring them in a way where it's fun, it's easy, you grab their attention, you have that catchy subject line, then you are good to go. So one thing that I've learned from that process, um, in terms of different email automations that you can use, like if you are an e-commerce store, having that abandoned cart automation is really important. So Basically, if someone were to be shopping on your website, they see a product that they like, they're thinking about getting it, they add to cart, and then they end up having like eight items in their cart and not buying any of them, which I know we've all been there on some websites. I mean, have we not? So what this automation does is that it basically, if you link everything correctly, it'll have some kind of pixel on your website and it'll track, you know, hey, this user added these items in their cart. They haven't purchased them. Um, It's been an hour. So we're going to send them a reminder email with all the different items they had in their cart. And basically what you're doing is you're just creating another touch point for that customer to say, hey, like, come back. We missed you. I'm sure you've gotten those emails too. So that's exactly all that stuff comes into play. Um, I think it's important to consider as far as what email platforms you can use. There's a lot out there. I started out with MailChimp, which I think is probably the most popular one. They're actually based out of Atlanta, I think. And MailChimp is really great for just starting out. Um, Pretty easy to use. There's a lot of different templates, things that you can do. I use Flowdesk right now, which is my favorite. I just love the style. I love the layout. Um, Everything is just beautiful on there. And yeah, I would recommend that one. Other one I've used is Drip. I think it's Drip or Drip Marketing. And that one is more focused on the whole sales funnel experience. So like they have the abandoned cart. They have all kinds of things. Like if this person bought this product and it's been a week since their order shipped out, this email will send them a reminder to review that product and just stuff like that. You can set up all kinds of different algorithms, which is pretty cool. But anyway, um, use your email list. (laughs) That's the point I'm trying to make here. It's it's important for sure. You definitely don't want to spam people. Like do not do that at all. Definitely get creative about it. There's a lot to be said about email marketing. So the next mistake is not being super clear with collaboration expectations slash contracts. So This was really within the first like three or four months of starting the business. And what started to happen was people were really keen to collaborate with us. And basically, I was getting messages left and right. Hey, love your product. If you send me a shirt, I'll do a post, those kinds of things. And so 
while all of that is really great and can be an effective way to market your business, you need to be pretty clear with how you are doing this and keeping it as professional as possible. That's the one thing, even if you're just starting out and you're like, oh my gosh, it's going to be so hard for people to take me seriously. The only way that you can get people to really take you seriously is if you take yourself and your business seriously. And that is that. There is really no gray area whatsoever in that statement. So the same thing goes if you're doing any kind of collaboration or agreement with somebody. I would always draft up some kind of document. It does not have to be anything fancy whatsoever. Basically, hi, these are the two parties um, in agreement. This is what party one is sending to party two. Party two must do post by this date. Um, This is what we want in the post with these hashtags. Like, Just be as specific as you freaking want because it's your business. So literally, if someone has a problem with it, then they don't have to collaborate with you because you're the one that's providing the product or service to them. So anyway, it's really important to have some kind of binding agreement because if something were to happen, like let's say that person got the shirt and then they never ended up doing the post that maybe you guys had like direct message each other on Instagram about, then you have something to fall back on and you can say, well, hey, you signed this agreement and you didn't post. So usually, I mean, you can do whatever kind of consequence that you want. Um, I usually just put in there like, If you don't do the post, if you do nothing, the shirt was delivered, the tracking says it was delivered, and yeah, you don't post anything, you don't communicate to me, then you're basically going to get a bill for that shirt. I think it's important to do that because like I said, that way you have clear expectations as well. So when it comes to the photography and maybe the video or whatever it is that they're recording... You want to make sure that you're getting the content that you were promised. And so if someone is sending you these maybe like really bad quality photos that, you know, you don't want to share on your social media, but maybe you feel bad about telling that person like, hey, can you retake these because they don't really coincide with what we agreed with kind of thing then that can be an issue because, you know, you're losing out on that collaborator if they didn't deliver. Um, A lot of times you can ask them to retake the photos. Um, This was something that I always felt so bad about. I think this only happened a couple of times, so it's really not that big of a deal, but I do want to kind of mention it if anyone is feeling like they can't put their foot down or something, you know, just remember it is your business. You're the one who sent them the product, so you have a say in it. Don't worry. Um, I think it's important to communicate and just be clear about it. If you're clear about it and you have it written down and they sign it, then you are good to go. So anyway, that's kind of my first, my first thing with that. Um, but yeah, if it is someone who has done collaborations in the past, like with other brands, things like that, then they're, they're probably going to have a better, Um, understanding and you might not have to outline everything for them in black and white because like you know they know how to take a picture and edit it and write a caption kind of thing so it totally depends on the person okay and then I have two more things I had such a long list but this is just getting kind of excessive and I think I've 
gone pretty in-depth on all the other points. So next thing is don't let pride get in the way of success. So yeah, I don't know if that's really a mistake because I can't pinpoint certain moments where that's happened. At least I don't remember, but I for sure know that this is an issue for me. Um, You guys know that I'm a Leo and I take a lot of pride in my work, what I do, what I put out there into the world. I always want it to be 100%, right? And so I start to get really tripped up um, when things maybe don't go my way or I'm like, this isn't perfect. What can I do? Oh my gosh, I need to redo it. (laughs) Those kinds of mindsets. And so... Basically, I would just say if that happens to you, don't be afraid to ask for help. Um, I think a lot of people do let pride get in the way and think that they can do everything on their own when that is definitely not true. Um, It's completely impossible to do everything by yourself. Um, That's something that I've learned because like I said earlier, you're just going to get burnt out from doing everything. So Definitely don't be afraid to ask for help. Don't be afraid to hire someone or if you can't afford to hire an entire team, have a mentor, have somebody that you can go to for advice when things like this happen, um, things go wrong. Because if there's one thing that I know about entrepreneurship, it's that it can be a lonely road sometimes and you can feel like you're the only one who's pursuing this path and really working hard and you know it's hard like when you talk to people who go down these traditional career paths and there's absolutely nothing wrong with that I think it's great and we need those kind of people too right but it can be so hard because you don't have anything to really relate to (laughs) you're like oh yeah I was dealing with this issue with USPS and, you know, his package kept getting lost and, you know, all these things and people are just kind of like, oh my gosh, you know, why are you getting so tripped up about it kind of thing? And it's like, well, you know, dude, this is my business. Like this isn't just some, you know, random job that I have kind of thing. So anyway, don't let pride get in the way of your success. Ask for help when it is needed Don't be afraid to kind of step away for a moment if you don't know how to react to a situation. Um, I think that's completely okay. You know, take some time. Take your feelings out of it too because, you know, when it's something that you really love, it can be hard to kind of separate that. And sometimes you have to. And you just have to go about things as professionally as possible no matter who is in the wrong. Um, You can't, you know, just go blame people for things or if people have a bad attitude or whatever. um, That's not cool. doesn't matter who it is. You know, that person is your customer and you have to treat them with respect regardless of what happened. So definitely, definitely important. The last thing that I want to talk about is even a mistake. Now I'm just writing these like quotes down in my notes, it looks like. Um, Okay, I guess if I were to put this in different wording, it would basically be that I thought growth was going to happen within that first year. Like I thought I was going to be making all this money and, you know, have all these people buying stuff. (laughs) Like, oh my gosh, I thought so much of it. And I think it's okay to dream I think everyone should dream. Um, if you're not dreaming, then I don't know. Maybe maybe you need to reevaluate your life a little bit. 
anyway, I had this perception of what the business was going to turn into and thinking that growth is going to happen overnight is absolute garbage. So just throw that away. You do not need to have that belief in your mind at all because it is so wrong. And just, I think there are people obviously who can become an internet sensation over TikTok or something like that. But you know, when it comes to your business, it is probably not going to happen that way. So you just kind of have to accept it. And I think even if you're growing slowly, you're still growing, you know, slow growth is still growth, believe it or not. And I think that's okay. There's a lot of articles talking about how if you try to expand your business really quickly, you're basically bound to fail and bound to lose all this money and all this stuff. And so I think it's it's important. I mean, take it with a grain of salt. Like if you're able to expand and do it successfully in a way where, you know, it's not financially harming your business, things like that, go for it. Like I don't see why you wouldn't want to grow, but I think when you're looking at it with a big picture, don't feel like you have to jump into getting investors and all these kinds of different things. So yeah, I mean, if you're growing slowly, it's okay. It's natural to kind of look at people who started around the same time as you and maybe they have a different kind of business, but the journey has maybe been a little bit similar. And so just because they're growing or maybe they've grown more than you, that doesn't mean you're doing something wrong. It doesn't necessarily mean that. You guys might have different audiences. Um, there's so many things that kind of go into that. So I wouldn't compare your business to someone else's in that sense. I don't think that's fair to you. I don't think it's fair to them either. So it's just something to keep in mind. But Anyway, that is the last point. Oh gosh, I am just like exhausted from talking, which is terrible. You would think that I used to be like, oh yeah, podcast, let's do this. And I'm over here like out of breath. <laughs> um, yeah, so that is the last point that I have written down. Obviously, there's other things that go wrong and other little mistakes, but these are kind of some of the bigger ones that I hope you guys can take from and apply to your businesses. Um, let me know if you have made one of these mistakes. And I think above all, the reason that I'm sharing it is because it's okay to admit that things have gone wrong, whether it's in your business, in your personal life, whatever it might be. You know, if it were smooth sailing, like everyone would be an entrepreneur, I feel like, <laughs> because who doesn't want to work for themselves and do something that they enjoy like who doesn't want that right and that's something I always kind of remind myself it's like okay if it were easy everyone would be doing it Amina honestly so just remember that when things get kind of tough and hard so anyway that is it for this episode I hope you guys enjoyed if you're interested in being featured on an episode definitely send us an email. It is hello at balkanbread.com with the subject line podcast. And if you guys are listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, definitely screenshot it, post it on your Instagram and tag us. Thank you guys again for listening and we will talk to you on the next episode. Bye guys.